Welcome to the Intrepid Hearts Garden Party. Join us for a floral affair as we break the stigmas around cannabis, celebrate alternative wellness, and discuss how you can become more sustainable in your shopping habits while staying fashionable AF. Grab your tea, tequila, or toke and join the garden party. Garden party is back. We're back. We're together. Yeah, which has been a hot minute since we've been together. The flowers are blooming on the trees. That's true. Getting ready for the garden party. We just had the 420, which actually, what did you do for 420? Did you get to do anything? Just I was teaching yoga all day. I did, of course I smoked weed, but I smoke weed before I teach most of my classes. Smoke weed every day. day. Um, So it's just another day for me. But yeah, I was subbing because it was Easter, Passover weekend for everyone. There was a bunch of Pretty people mellow. who wanted subs because they were traveling to see fam. So, because I'm going to be taking a little reprieve after my surgery and not able to teach for three weeks, I was like, yeah, I'll overdose myself on classes. So I taught four classes that morning. And then I can't remember what I did last Saturday night. I hate when that happens. <laughs> I don't think... Oh, Jeff and I came out, went out to um, Doylestown, and we went to Mom's. D-Town. D-Town. And for context, your surgery that you're getting is... Is my boob job, breast augmentation. Breast augmentation surgery. A little lift to Um, get the party going. Officially one week from today, I am... And we'll do a whole series talking about that. My 420, I was out in the desert. Yes. Did the quick jaunt. I know, jaunt. tell us, what were you doing? This was like a last <sighs> minute jaunt that Anna went on. Yeah, well, you know, I was going to do the green is the new green panel that we both were supposed to be on in Denver. And I made the weekend out of it by going to like Palm Springs, Coachella area, but it was no cella because I did not go to the festival, just went to the parties that are around the area. So if you ever do Coachella, it ends at, like, midnight-ish because I think the surrounding, like, community... Noise. Yeah, the noise. So then... But then all these other people, like, brands, Levi's, Rolling Stone, uh, Adidas, Revolve, do these... Their own private parties. So we went to the Zenyara Estate, which is this massive, like... They had 11 villas, like, nine-hole golf course. So for someone who hasn't been to the party circuit there or, like, done that whole thing, do these parties, are they invite-only? Do people actually buy tickets for them? How's, how's some, it work? Yeah, some of them have uh, tickets, but not really. Most of them are just, like, invite-only. You have to be on the guest list. You have to know someone. You have to be in the industry, like, retail or just, like, L.A., Mm-hmm. circles but yeah it's that's something I don't really I'm not really a huge fan of that ex- exclusivity but definitely keeps the riffraff out let's just say yeah for sure <laughs> but Absolutely. um candescent which is a cannabis brand they were one of the sponsors to the adidas sports club event and they had their smoking lounge so we spent some time in there um, what was the smoking lounge vibes like? oh my gosh it's like what my wedding vibes. It's like very, it was bohemian, like burner. It was these um, big tents, 
like whatever those canvas kind of tents are. Um, You've got some good pictures. They're like multiple, imagine, yeah. And so then it had we'll all these put them on the cushions blog. for lounging, and then you look out over the lake, the man-made lake that's filled with water from the Colorado River. Um, but candescent, I was kind of disappointed because they only had like little ashtrays that said candescent, and they weren't give, they didn't have like swag or weed. Because last year when I went to the Revolve um, party, Weed Map sponsored it, and there was they had a dab bar. They were handing out joints and cones yeah, left that. and right, like no, got, like no cannabis. Yeah, they goodies. didn't. They didn't give any away, so that was kind of a disappointment. But candescent also is just. Um, I had some over here. I think we brought it. Oh wait, no, this is it. <laughs> It's this little box, and it's this is like well, a gram. It's pretty packaging. Yeah, so it's a gram of virgin cannabis. Which how is that possible that no human hands have touched this little gram? Okay, so guys, up? just to paint the picture for you, like it's beautiful packaging. This label has some bubbles. <laughs> I have to find something out, but it's like a orange box. Well, this flavor is the Connect number. Batch number 407. And their logo reminds me of I like like a something from a Gucci print. Yeah. Almost. That's true. And then you open it and you pull out this beautiful glass jar that looks like a little pill case almost. That has a pretty orange and the oranges contrast it with mauve. This is very, very good branding. Well, yeah, they have the different colors for the different flavors. Yeah. What does it say? Opens your mind, allowing new perspectives and possibilities to flow into conversations with friends and family. Which, I mean, you can't really can't really guarantee that. Mm. Proprietary genetics, grown purified water, organic pest management, customized environment by stage and strain, flush, dry, and cure for 60 days, pick by stem, trim by hand, and never touch the flower. So is, tell me, Anna, is this strain proprietary or the genetics of the strain? Like, what, can you Yeah, they're saying the, oh, okay, so yeah, they're saying proprietary genetics. So yeah, I mean, it's whatever strain they're using, but they don't even list the strain. So that's kind of weird. And I was talking to someone in the industry about this because it's like, what strain is this? We don't even know because everyone usually knows they pick what strain Mm -hmm. they're smoking. This is supposed to be for the effects that you're picking for so this is for connecting so this is just whatever genetics that they crossed into some strain but this could be like appleberry and this is a california company right so yes and only only distributed in cali at this point in time yes oh my gosh distributed from desert hot springs so no wonder they're kind of out near the desert that they wanted to sponsor did you get that at mad men in la med men yes med men Yes, I did, because, yeah, I was intrigued by their branding, but um, have yet to try this little gram. It's expensive for just a little gram, because they're trying to be, like, untouched, special. What? What is... So, it's high. It's high. It's luxury cannabis. Yes, for sure. How much is a gram? I forget, honestly. I was trying to think how much it was. I just remember being like, damn, but got to do it for market research, you know, just see what's out there. You've got to report back on, on, does it have connecting effects on? Yes. On yes. you. I will. So, I mean, that's a good segue into really what we're talking about today, which is how 
the hell did Anna Jeff get into the cannabis industry? Well, it's more about how you, as a listener, can figure out how to get into the industry. I can only speak on my experience, but I definitely have some tips and tricks for those looking to get their foot in the door of this crazy rapid-fire industry. So, Anna, if no one, if someone's listening to this and they haven't really, like, followed us, that this is the first podcast they've ever listened to ours, give me, like, a really quick where what was your background what did you go to school for okay so in a nutshell i went to school for nutritional sciences at the pennsylvania state university (laughs) and i just was really into health and i just knew that health and what you eat affects everyone so i felt like that was a good place to start but i couldn't really see myself in the medical field for it like as like a dietitian Mm -hmm. and a lot of the programs were not really my vibe like being in a hospital and telling someone to have a diet coke while they're in there for diabetes because it won't spike their blood sugar and I'm just like this isn't really my vibe yeah so after college I um, started cold pressed organic juice company with one of my nutrition classmates which I need to track her down because she definitely needs to get on this podcast, talk about all of that. But it was called O-Juice for Organic Health, and uh, we did that in California, just slinging cold-pressed organic juices at the farmer's market. Um, They were cold-pressed, organic in glass, 16 ounces, 5 pounds of produce per bottle, so very nutrient-dense. That was really fun. It was really hard work. It was really great experience as a small business owner being so young just right out of college learning how to run a business I really value that experience and my time in California obviously because it was amazing living in San Diego but it just wasn't quite enough I mean we were struggling it was hard running a business and I got a opportunity to move to Denver and get into the cannabis industry out there So we were lucky to just have a connection already in the industry that kind of got our foot in the door. And we are talking about... Oh, my fiancé and I, which I haven't revealed yet that we're engaged, but (laughs) I guess if someone listens to this, they will find out if they didn't already know in my direct family. So yeah, we um, moved out to Colorado, never having been to Denver before we knew we were moving there. And started working, I started working at a dispensary on South Federal Boulevard, which if you know Denver is kind of, kind of sketch. What's the name of the dispensary? It was called Champion Cannabis. Or, yeah, at first it was called, it was called something else before that. Um, something 420, like Evolution 420. Hmm. <laughs> And it was, like, aliens and stuff. It was this little, like, one-bedroom house that they made into a dispensary. Because when you get the license, you have to, like, immediately get your space. And it mm-hmm. has to be within the limits of the certain and, area okay. and away enough from schools and all of that jazz. So, yeah, it was just not a super frilly place. Um, and I started working just as a secretary. Not a secretary. Like, whatever it's called. Um, receptionist <laughs> at the dispensary yeah so I would just be the first person when you walk in checking everyone's IDs and making sure it was only medical at the time so just making sure that they 
we got all their information into the medical system and that they were verified 21 had did their you have people come card. in often who like weren't medical just because they didn't know it was a medical dispensary yeah there was a lot of that but i just had to tell them sorry find another hate yeah so i just was doing that and then i started to learn more and they trained me they needed more bud tenders so i trained to become a bud tender which if people don't know what that is i mean i think it's a pretty widely used term now but basically you are Weighing out the cannabis flower, it's like selling a, people a personal shopping assistant for your cannabis experience inside exactly the dispensary. Now, what was the training like to become a bed tender? What is that? Um, it was pretty much. I mean, it's easy. It's just it's like if you were becoming a bartender or something. It's like learning, learning about product. the different products and the system, the point of sale system that you use, and then how to ask people what they like you just like basically talk like to to see what you want to sell them on like that they that would help them the best the patients and is there like the you can say this you can't say this like type of rules like you can't tell someone this is going to help them yeah you can't use those words yeah there is that medical like restrictive kind of thing i mean yeah you can't with vitamins just like that that cannabis that we were talking about, the candescent, it's like connect. It's like, no, like we don't know if it's going to connect you with someone or if you're going to be like hiding under yeah. your bed of paranoia. Like, yeah. So I'm interesting. That's interesting point. Cause I'm like, I, I wonder, I mean, maybe you can tell me, was there like a, you can't guys like as bartenders, you can't say this is going to help you with anything because that's actually against the law. No, there was nothing like that. that. Like on vitamins, as like if you were to go into a health food store, there's like those regulations. You're not allowed to say say that as a salesperson, you're not even allowed to make those claims or you could get sued in the company. No, it wasn't that strict. It was just, I mean, because when you go into dispensaries, mostly the bunters are like, yo, this, this, this stuff is dope. Like, mm-hmm. it'll be great. You'll be chilling. But it's like, yeah, it affects everyone differently. And we couldn't, if it wasn't on the packaging, like we couldn't, you know, it, we weren't just making up stuff. It's just, we only speak from our experiences. And then you just really guide people from what they are attracted to, like the smells and stuff. And then you can just kind of say if it's more sativa or indica facing effects but um, in a medical dispensary in denver is there do they have anyone on staff where they require to have anyone on staff who has who is a nurse or can has to be you can get mpa they do correct Yeah, yeah so in pennsylvania it's way more medical facing and there's a lot of good healthcare systems out here so it really is better, I think, that they do have that where people can talk to a medical, like, physician or nurse uh, about what they're looking for. But in Denver, it's basically recreational. You just have your medical card. Like, that's how it felt. It's just you walk in, people are buying two ounces of weed a day. You just are getting it cheaper because it's medical. In PA, it is very nice. I like that the dispensaries have someone on staff who you can talk to. Um, especially for those people. I mean, there's so many people now who have never used cannabis before. Um, right. And that is, like, my 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 second cousin, I guess, my dad's cousin. She 
broke, just broke her back and she can't take pain meds because they make her deathly ill. And my mom was like, you need to get your medical card. And she's like, I don't think I could ever do that. I couldn't smoke it. She's like, just apply, like come talk to Gigi and find out, you know, she'll talk you through it. She'll go with you since she has your card if you want. There's someone there. Like people like that all the time. They're scared. They don't know what to get in. They don't even know how to dose or, like, start dosing themselves if they have never used before. Yeah, so that's really a great, like, luxury to have. I mean, getting your medical card in Denver is like going to a shady, like, doctor (laughs) place paying 50 bucks and then them kind of being like, oh, it keeps you from doing this, right? Right? Check, check, check. Okay, here you go. Like, pay us and put this in the system. You're good to go. (laughs) So what would you say you felt? Like, did you enjoy being a bud tender? What okay, was yeah, your so experience? It like? was it was kind of fun, like, as a job to work with weed and weigh it out. And I was learning more about the strains. You get to weigh it. You get to smell it. You get to really find out more about it. Because then when, when it's, you're off time, you're, like, rolling cones or joints in the backs with shake from the bottom of the jars that are, mm-hmm. isn't part of the flower. So then you're, like, getting to smell it and experience the different kinds of like strains but it was yeah not really doing it for me and I was thinking okay I'm not how much more can I excel at this um so I kind of expressed that and something that I'll bring up later with the tips of how to get in the industry I just had a willingness to help so then they started putting me the grow because we had we're fully vertically integrated we had a grow a dispensary a lab that all made like products for the same place. So I would go and help in the grow, which was really fun because I mean, it was definitely like more down and dirty. Like you're not interacting with people. You're interacting with the plants and harvesting the plants. Trimming. I did have to trim and that was my least favorite thing. I would get like blisters on my fingers from like trimming all day. But I mean, I would do it like anything to help and you get to see like the flower and it's just like, so much of it and it's so cool but it's so it's a lot of work (laughs) yeah but I really really am grateful for that experience in the grow because I knew from the way the plant looks which plants they were I started to get to know because I would be labeling them making sure that they're all all the regulations are met and the they're all like mapped out because you track them from seed to sale so because of all my hard work doing that, I even helped like packaging in the lab, more of the oil extraction products. Um, then we were going to redo the dispensary and the higher ups were giving me these like assignments of how we're going to budget and market the dispensary and like what the theme would be and like the design. And this was your like step into the marketing. Step. Yeah. So then, then they put me into marketing, which was amazing. And I loved, I loved working with the creative team that we were connected with. We rolled out some major campaigns for things like Fresh Terps, which was something that was first to the market and no one really has done anything like since, which is a terpene, like cannabis terpene extraction that was just like this flavor that you could put with your bud or mix with your oils and it's so flavorful so I did that fresh terps launch um and some other really cool campaigns so that's like my cannabis journey and now I still do cannabis some cannabis marketing but for someone who's trying to get in the industry 
there's a couple of different like factors to think about when if you want to try and get your foot in the door because I mean for trimming for example there's trim companies that have just these groups of trimmers that will a company will hire to bring in and they yeah, have such a the high company doesn't need like a full-time staff of trimmers all right. year they have them at harvest they need to bring exactly groups in but even that stuff because i mean there's a such a high turnover rate for stuff like that especially a trimming job like the trim people they are like a dime a dozen because anyone like no one wants to trim but anyone will do it just to try and like get, get in. into the industry yeah so that's really one of those like the, the, like, stepping stone job, you would say. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, it's kind of, like, yeah, necessary. And people respect you more when they know that you've done everything that, like, throughout that, so... Throughout uh, the chain. Like, you've worked your way up from the bottom. Yeah, exactly. You didn't just stroll in from, like, a corporate position that had nothing to do with cannabis and then, like, get into the cannabis. Right. So one of the first things that you can look at if you're looking to get into the industry is your location. Are you in a state or country that <laughs> it sounds it's ridiculous, but it's true. I mean, people are like, "Oh, I hear people say I'd want that's something I'd want to do." I'm like, "Well, yes, cool, but there's a handful of places, right? You could do it. You need to go somewhere that's illegal." Yeah. So I mean. In somewhere like Colorado, it's so saturated now that, I mean, it's like it's like how the craft brew, brewing industry, the beer industry was in San Diego when we were out there. My fiancé was doing that, and it was like he was trying to get into that brewing, and he ended up becoming, like, more of a brewer. But people just go and work on the p- packaging line for the beer for free just to hang out and, like, maybe get some beer after. Yeah. Like, they literally will just go for free. It's, like, that kind of thing. Like, people are just, like, I'll take anything just to, like, be a part of this cool Mm -hmm. thing that's going on. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you're looking to get into the industry and you're... I I feel like I've heard that about trimming, especially, like, out in... Humble. Humble. Even, like, more so probably years ago, even than now, like, people would just go out there... And live on a farm in exchange for trimming just to be a part of the experience. Yeah. And culture. Yeah, which, like, companies can, yeah, kind of take advantage of because they'll just pay, like, it's super, get, they can get cheap work mm-hmm. for that. But, um, so if you're in a market that's kind of more saturated, maybe, I don't know, it's like being somewhere, there is more opportunity, though, in those saturated markets. Like, there's there's companies that have it in more figured ways. out. Yeah. There, I wouldn't say get into a startup in Colorado in the cannabis industry. That's not that's not the move. But maybe if you're in a state that is just starting the medical movement or if they aren't even legal yet, but you think that like looking at the trends and the politicians <laughs> are talking about that they're going to move that way, maybe start thinking about how you can get involved or if you want to start a group. I mean, getting a license is a whole other thing, like having your own business, but just how you can contribute to the cannabis industry coming to your state. And if it's not in your state and it doesn't look like it is, like you can get involved trying to get people together in your local community yeah. to talk about it, see write to your senators and politicians about why they should 
and go from there. Do your research. <laughs> Talk to your local leaders. I think even now, like, PA, how many dispensaries does PA have? Um, or, sorry, not dispensaries. Licenses. Just licenses. Was it 10? <sighs> they was, started with 10. I think there was 12, and then they're going to double it to 24, but then I don't know. There's, like, some things that happen, and some companies, some bigger companies were coming in and buying up other people's licenses, and then, so that was, like, one company that bought maybe two licenses, and each license could have, like, of, five... Of the original 12. Yeah, and then each license could have, like, up to, like, five dispensaries or something, so then one company was having, and like, ten. ten, and that's, like, not allowed, so they're just trying to figure that out. It gets... It gets kind of crazy. So currently, still only 12 NPA. So, I mean, if you sure. think about it, like, it makes it even hard in Pennsylvania to want to get in the industry or be able at this point in time. Right. In some ways, because there's only 12 companies you could possibly work with. And at that, that's, you know, dispensary level, you will have more of an opportunity. So if you're in PA and wanting to get into it, would you say it's fair that being a bud tender, pursuing being a bud tender or working at the desk at a dispensary in PA would be likely more available jobs than being able to get into the actual, like, company's corporate because there's only 12 companies. They probably only have, yeah know, a handful of jobs at that level. Yeah, so that's true. And that brings up, like, another point for the industry is, like, look at what you already are an expert in. If you already are a lawyer or accountant mm-hmm. or something that's not industry, like, cannabis industry-facing, how can you apply it? Like, they, these cannabis companies still need lawyers, accountants, architects, yeah. like... Marketing. Marketing, graphic design, all those types of things, so... Which we do have, if you guys didn't listen to it, we, on one of our past podcasts, we interviewed um, Jacqueline Renee, who does, I mean, she's in marketing, but she started to expand her work into the cannabis industry. So that's a good podcast to listen to just about that. Um, we'll put the podcast number in the notes. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But yeah, she's a great example of doing what you already, already know do. and expanding. I think that's a great point. There's... I'm sure there's, like, plenty of white spaces that can still be found in the industry if you really look. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be, like, so grand of a thing, like, you having your own dispensary. Like, start small. <laughs> so yeah. Go with what you know already. Don't reinvent the wheel. Okay, Jacqueline's podcast is episode 10 of okay. The Garden Party. So that also brings up, like, with going with what you know, but if you want to get in, education is a huge thing. And maybe your education and experience, you don't have any in cannabis yet. But there's so many good resources out there that you can constantly be learning and getting information so that when you go for an interview, if you want to be a bud tender, be like, I'm ready to learn about your specific strains that you have here, but... I have this knowledge or, I mean. And even, like, look online and see if there's any workshops locally or lectures, whether it's, like, a Women's Grow event or a um, Bowery Cannabis Club in New York, which um, Anna has become a part of. And 
gone to great great events. So like going to events to learn, but then also just to meet meet people when you're there. And you never know like who you're gonna meet or talk to. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, it's like any other industry, networking, get to know people, learn, get your face out there. Yeah, so wait, what was I gonna say? Oh, Greenflower Media is a great resource. They have tons of educational instructional videos from anything from a grow to edibles to I mean, strains, terpenes, they do a lot of informative stuff. Canvas Business Ventures is another one that's like a news source for cannabis. If you just search cannabis and click news on Google, you can kind of keep tap like a a pulse on what's going on that's in the industry or in different states. If you're subscribed to our Intrepid Hearts Garden Party garden party garden party newsletter we always put at the end a little news brief on what's going on locally globally and nationally in the cannabis world smells like banana bread it's ridiculously ridiculously amazing about the banana Um, bread yeah we're um anna's making some of her delicious banana bread recipe is on the blog it is ridiculous it's vegan Um, Well, depending on the chocolate chips that you use, but hers is vegan. And all I can smell is a house filled with the banana bread aroma. And now we're worried that her dear fiancé forgot to pull out the bread. But I feel like it's probably good. It doesn't smell like burnt banana bread. It just smells like delicious (laughs) banana bread. Anyway, so I Gigi brought up a great point, like, for mingling and networking, a great way to meet people in the industry or to just kind of connect and figure out other, like, avenues to turn down is, yeah, finding those kinds of cannabis events. I have such a hard time with marketing, or marketing, with mingling, Network. networking, and it's just, I don't know, I... I don't know why it's like a it's such a block. I know it's so important. I've listened to it a zillion times on different podcasts and people like you need to get yourself and put yourself out there. And so I'm not the one to lecture on this, but I am trying to be better about it. And going into cannabis workshops, I mean, you're you might be going by yourself. You got to be willing to put yourself out there because who knows if any you have someone who's gonna come with you to go i mean even going we go to events together but we split up yeah so that we divide can, and conquer yeah you need to divide and conquer and yeah, it's more comfortable to be with that person and not have to talk to anyone else and maybe someone will come up to you guys but it's better if you just kind you're of you're less approachable if you're with somebody else exactly like people feel more intimidated by two so like, we've walked into a place and we're like, we can't even, like, not even, we need to split apart even before talking to somebody else <laughs> to make sure. Yeah, but stuff like the National Cannabis, Cannabis Industry Association, Women Grow, Elemental Women have local chapters that are throughout the U.S. Or they even have live webinars, that, so that that's more of an informational kind of thing. But even if you 
can't find cannabis events, like if you search on Facebook or I know that Facebook kind of blocks the word cannabis, so maybe that's not the best place to look. But like event, some brain. bullshit there. Facebook, get o- like when are we gonna get over this? The other things that should be censored, <laughs> we censor yeah. cannabis. Okay. Uh, also, maybe like Eventbrite or a meetup. We found a group mm-hmm. on meetupgroup.com and you just go and you meet up with some people. And if there's not that in your area, you can start one. I'm sure there's people that are interested in just talking about cannabis. Maybe it's just like you guys are like, hey, you want to smoke sometime? <laughs> or yeah. like, I don't know. But I mean, you never know. The thing who you're about meet. the cannabis industry or cannabis in general is. Generally, the people who partake or are in the industry are very chill. Okay, false alarm. Banana bread is a-okay. It is. The last thing I would say for the cannabis industry, so maybe you got a job, maybe you took up trimming or something, I would just say hustle. I mean, show your... That gives that applies. To everything, for sure. Like yeah, you absolutely. said, your thing was, like, be willing to just help. Like, be willing to sometimes do work. The dirty work. And not even necessarily get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, but also, don't get taken advantage of. Yes. Because there is a lot of yeah. stuff in the industry where people just take, take, take. And you don't get to grow. Um, I mean, I think this applies for any career path that you go on or a new job you should set up with your manager a review in three months and then you follow up if they don't just give you the review you go to them and say I want my review I'd like to know Mm -hmm. how I can improve or any opportunities to take on more responsibility and that sort of thing and they'll um, appreciate that that you're willing to do that and take on more and let you know if you... Your boss doesn't know. Like, your boss doesn't know that you want to advance or that you want to try something new. This is, like, yeah, this is any career. You people don't... You can't expect that your boss knows that. There are plenty of people out there who don't... I mean, it sounds it sounds crazy if you are a person who is a go-getter, but there's so many people who, who don't. One extra yeah, work. They like through. they like their nine to five comfort. They want to walk out the door at five. They don't. So your boss isn't gonna know unless you say, or you talk to them. And that's for you to make the initiative, and all areas of this. Like you wanna, you wanna work at a dispensary, especially if you're in more of an open, open states like. Show up at dispensaries. Like, go get to know people. <laughs> like, make a rapport so that they start to know you before you even like ask for a job or apply for a job. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> what else? So, Anna, um, you know, for you, like, tell us exactly. You ended up at Evo Lab in marketing, right? Yes. Ultimately, from receptionist to one of the head people in marketing in Evo Lab, and now you've stepped away. You guys moved back to PA, um, you and your fiance, 
and you are now doing still some part-time like freelance work for a company. So you still have your foot in it and doing it while we pursue other interests. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, I do some marketing for Greenway Medical. That's a medical and recreational cultivation in Nevada. Yeah, and one of the most crazy things about being in marketing, which we've mentioned before, is all of the regulations. And you kind of are handicapped when it comes to marketing in cannabis because in so many ways there's yeah it's crazy (laughs) i mean especially i can speak on all the recent stuff in nevada i mean every marketing thing if you want to print a t-shirt to give out it has to be approved by the state Mm -hmm. first if you have any ad campaign you have to send it to the state first to approve this is like going back it's two and i'm assuming tell me if i'm wrong like the way that they wanted to make sure that cigarette cigarettes and advertising weren't anything that would make cigarettes look cool to kids is that kind of yeah I what think the so deal is? I mean it's mostly yeah for children but then it's like you go to California and there's just the billboards with like pot leaves which is another extreme and not everyone is into that but it's like you should have more freedom like i can't even use an emoji on instagram to like talk about a flower yeah Yeah. i think um so regulations and one of the big things that i've seen or my from my perspective and watching you and looking and also exploring cannabis instagrams that for growers specifically like for not dispensaries, but grows that are just trying to show pictures of their plants is just getting a picture of a plant because the lighting inside of a grow is horrific. So in this age of wanting these like beautiful, lustworthy photos of some, you know, like flower, that's, it's hard to get for a company as a, like if you go in as a marketer, you're like, how do I work around this issue? <laughs> yeah. How do I get consistent stuff for this company's feed? Yeah, it's a huge one because, I mean, the, the plants are tracked from seed to sale. You can't bring them outside of the facility. You have to, if you're going to take photos or something, you have to take it there, which the lighting is horrible. You need, like, a whole lighting crew to offset the yellow, like, grow lights, or you have to be in, like, a mother room where... Or, like... Like build rooms specifically for bringing yeah. a plant, and I mean that's expensive for these companies. And I know for a company like Greenway in Nevada, we have no space whatsoever to do that. Like, we barely have enough space for the whole operation, let alone any like fraction of a wall that we could set a plant against for a photo. <sighs> so that's definitely a challenge. Hmm. But uh, we're definitely going to talk more on this topic again. I hope this kind of could start, if someone's looking to get in the industry, give them some inspiration or ideas of how to start going about it. But we would love for you to leave any questions you have on our latest Instagram or if you rate and review the podcast or where else can you comment? You can comment on the actual blog post that we post this podcast on. 
leave yeah, us we questions. Want your comments. We want questions for the next part two of this interview. Yeah, if you didn't, if you didn't get some of the answers that you're looking for, we're bringing on other industry experts, including my fiance, who's way deep, still in the industry. And let us know, and we will try to get you the answers that you want. But yeah, leave us some comments, give us your questions, and we would love to talk more about the subject. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I can't wait to get that man on the podcast. It's a hard one to track down. And he has a whole other, a whole, a whole different perspective, which I think. You won't hear from a lot just because he's on, he's been working in the labs and comes from that scientific scientific angle and like that most people aren't like in, but he was, I can't even talk right now. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do a whole intro and talk about his stuff. But that reminds me also the whole lab aspect of like the whole lab side of things for extraction a lot of people get into it and they don't know obviously anything about formulations or lab but just being an assistant in the lab to the people that are extracting you can learn so much just by taking that like lower kind of facing job but the experience and the education if you're working alongside someone who's sharing can be uh, so valuable in the long run especially now right like this is only going to grow. States are only going to go legal one by one. And then there'll be opportunities. So, yeah, yeah that's a great, great perspective of the lab and taking an assistant. I mean, Matt took an assistant's job in the beginning, correct? Yeah, he yeah. was packaging for months just on the packaging line. So crazy. We'll, we'll explore that more. But exactly, from packager to, like, scientific director yeah so yep in a short time yes you just have to be willing eager ready to learn leave your ego at the door yes be humble stay humble (laughs) hustle don't just be a hard worker it's not enough to just be a hard worker you keep hearing that one lately but it's true you have to have more than that being a hard worker should be, like, a given at a job. Yeah, in this day and age. Especially when you could just be replaced by some artificial intelligence at any minute. Rabbit hole that. <laughs> That's a whole <laughs> other tangent. All right. Well. We'll sign off. We're signing off till next time. Looking forward. Also, other than questions, what do you guys, what do you want on the podcast? What do you want to hear? Let us know. What tea are you sipping on? What's the best tequila right now? What's your favorite strain? Uh, we have a green tea I'm moment. I'm uh, David's a green jasmine tea. And then I was smoking the Cresco BioJesus vape strain, which is great. And um, have been loving that strain lately. I was puffing on it during our video that we did when I talked about my oh, the Instagram live and the Instagram live. And tequila, I mean, I want to say Classe Azul is my favorite tequila, but don't go out and buy it because if you're in Pennsylvania, there's only eight in the whole uh, county of Bucks County, and I got five out of eight for my dad. 
So need to stock up for summer. Don't and know what we're going to do. Don't try and break into the Duff stash of PA. <laughs> Stay away from the Class A Azul. But if you're in another state, get after it. If you're in Pennsylvania. No. Maybe I'll let you have a sip. <laughs> we'll give you another recommendation if you're... Well, um, Casamigos Reposado is my go-to if they don't have Class A Azul. And that's... That's been my standby for tasty. a while. No. Except for when I go to a tequila bar in Philly and they recommend it and the guy says how he always has his end of the night, what is it called, staff, like... Drink, he has... Yeah, his, it's his staff drink, it's his and go-to. And then he didn't have any left. And then they come back and they don't have any more and I'm like, well, it's because you guys drank it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you next, next time. time. <laughs>